Good morning, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. It is Wednesday, November 3rd. It is 1030, and that means it is time for Bible study. We are finishing up Jonah today. Jonah, the Old Testament prophet who uh, God wanted to go to Nineveh, and Jonah said, no thanks. And so he gets on a ship and heads to Tarshish, which is the other side of the world, tries to get to the end of the world, which is modern day Spain. But along the way, there's a big storm. And the sailors say, well, what caused this storm? Who's who's not listening to their God? And they realize it was Jonah. And after some talking and convincing by Jonah, they throw him in the sea and a fish swallows him and takes him back. And he walks to Tarshish and says, in 40 days, the city is going to be overthrown and everyone changes their ways and God decides not to do it. So there's the first three chapters. And now today we're in the concluding chapter, chapter four, a great chapter, one that I think is important for all of us to hear. So I'm glad and grateful for you, the listeners, who are taking the time to listen to this and making this part of your day. Thank you for doing so. So, okay, let's just jump right in. Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. So Jonah is angry. He's angry. He's angry because the people of Nineveh repented and he's angry because God relented because God chose mercy. This is strange. Usually prophets are happy when people change their ways because of what they say, but not Jonah. Jonah was upset. Uh, The ancient Hebrew word for angry is literally to be hot. He was hot. He was angry, and he he wanted nothing to do with this, right? The Assyrians, the people who lived in Nineveh, they were enemies of Israel, and Jonah wanted God to bring judgment on them, but instead, God gives them mercy. And Jonah says, says, I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. I knew you were going to do this, and now I resent you for it. I'm angry that you chose to show mercy to them. I'm angry that you chose to show mercy to them. So the question, question, what if God treated us the way that we want God to treat our enemies, right? We want God to do good things for us. We want God to show mercy to us. We want God to love us and show grace and forgiveness. We want God to love us, but we'd really like God to be against our enemies because our enemies are bad people, right? And so we want God to do to our enemies bad things, but do good things to us. That's not so much a God of grace and mercy, though. That is a God who is like on our side, right? On our side as opposed to being on everyone's side, but we have a God who who is on everyone's side, right? Uh, God is for all people, all of creation. And we can't begin to think that God is on our side and against our enemies. Or that God's mercy is just for us and not for our enemies. That God's grace is just for us and not for those who we disagree with. Uh, And so we might be angry when we find out just who God uh, is willing to forgive and who God's mercy extends to. We may be surprised when we get to heaven and find people in heaven who we didn't think would be there. So, okay, verses 3 through 5. And now, O Lord, 
please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Betty for me to die than to live is what it says. Okay, verse four. And the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. Okay, so Jonah is so angry. He's so angry and that he says, it is better for me to die than to live. I mean, we're talking about someone who is not afraid to express his true feelings to God, right? To, to express his anger, to express his frustration, to the point where he says, take my life from me. Please take my life from me. And then God says, is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry with me for the mercy that I've shown them? Is it right for you to be angry? This is an important, I think, an important question that we all need to ask. Is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry if God shows grace to someone you don't want God to show grace to? Is it right for you to be angry if God shows mercy to someone who you think is unworthy? This is the story of the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son returns and the older son is angry. The older son is angry and the father says, why are you angry with me? Why are you angry with me? Uh, because I'm throwing a party for your brother. What, what, what gives you the right to be angry? What gives you the right to be angry? Now, there's so much anger in the world today, and so many people are angry about things that have nothing to do with them. What gives you the right to be angry? What gives you the right to be angry? If something good happens to someone else and you don't think they deserve it, what gives you the right to be angry? What gives you the right to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? I think I think a lot our world would be a much better place and there'd be a lot more peace in the world if we all would ask ourselves this question when we're angry about stuff. Is it right for me to be angry in this moment? Because we're going to find that we get angry about a lot of stuff that we have no right to be angry about. Now there are things that we have a that we should be angry about. We should be angry about uh, children who don't have enough food to eat. We should be angry about those who are oppressed and those who need help and those who aren't getting that help. We're not angry about those things, right? We're angry about other things. We're angry about good things happening to people. And we're angry about, you know, justice happening to people. Well, you know, he should get lenient. All the, we're angry about all the stuff. We're, we're fighting with each other about all the things that we're not, we have no right to be angry about. But, so, so Jonah, Jonah's angry and the Lord says, is it right for you to be angry? And so what does Jonah do? Jonah thinks that maybe he has changed God's mind. And so he goes out of the city and, and sits in the shade and starts to watch the city, hoping that it's going to be destroyed, right? So he goes out of the city, and he's watching the city. He's like, come on, come on, God, do it. Destroy it. Destroy it. Come on, do it. Do it. I really want to see this. I really want to see this. Verses 6 through 8. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. 
When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said again, it is better for me to die than to live. Okay, so Jonah's out there hoping that God's going to destroy the city, and God prepared a plant to grow and give him shelter so that he was sitting in comfort while he's waiting for the city to be destroyed. And for the first time, we see Jonah happy because he has shade. God finally did something for Jonah, right? God's finally looking after Jonah, which makes me think, are we only happy when something good happens to us, when something good happens for us? Is that the only time we find happiness is when something good is happening for us? Or can we find happiness when something good happens for someone else? When something good happens for someone we care about, when something good happens for someone in our community, can we find happiness for ourselves because of them, because of what's happening for them? Or do we get angry? Do we get jealous? Do we get frustrated? It's not fair that they got another promotion. It's not fair that they fill in the blank. It's not fair. And so we get angry, right? Can we ever be happy when something good happens to someone else? Jonah, for the first time in the whole book, is happy finally because something good happened for him. And then, and then the tree was taken away. The shade was taken away. His comfort was taken away. It's almost a reminder of what happened to Job when he had his things taken away. And again, Jonah said, it is better for me to die than to live. When you do something good for me, I'm happy. And when that good thing goes away, I'd rather die. I'd rather die. Have you ever been this angry? Have you ever been this frustrated? I know many people have. I know many people have. Uh, uh, and, And that's a hard place to be. What do we do when we're that angry? What do we do when we're that frustrated? How do we work through those feelings? How do we work through those feelings? Um, I mean, good, there's a lot of good stuff in this chapter. There's a lot of good stuff in this chapter. Maybe we look at the blessings of others and we see we see that when good things happen for those in our community, we can be happy for them, right? We, I, I can find joy when good things happen for uh, the, the kids in our church, the adults in our church, right? When people get promoted, when good things happen for people, when kids get accepted to colleges, when good things happen on athletic fields, and you know, we have five kids in our church going next week. Uh, different high school bands are going to the state finals for their bands. I'm excited. That's great. That gives me happy. That gives me joy to see good things happening for people I care about, right? It, it, I mean, it doesn't. It has nothing to do with me, but I'm happy for them, and, and and my happiness for them makes me happy. So, you know, can we find joy when good things happen for other people? All right, verses nine through eleven. But God said to Jonah, "Is it right for you to be angry about the bush?" And Jonah said, "Yes, angry enough to die." Then the Lord said, "You are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor." in which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. I love that last part. And also many animals. God cares about animals. I love that. I love that we get a vision into God's nature here. And, and it turns out that God cares about animals. I love that. I love that. Okay. So what does that mean? They do not know between uh, the difference between their right hand from their left. Basically, basically, it's, it's, these people are, un, are unable to make 
moral judgments. They do not know the law. They do not know what is right and they do not know what is wrong. So you want me to wipe these people off the planet who don't know any better, right? You want me to, to destroy people who just don't know what is better. Uh, and so what, what this saying is that God cares about everybody. God cares, uh, uh, God's concern goes beyond Israel in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, what we find is that it, it extends to all people. God is the God of all people, of all of creation, even animals. God cares for everyone. This is, I mean, Peter goes through this in the book of Acts, coming to, uh, coming to a point where realizing that God cares for all people. Next time he says, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. God doesn't care about one, pe- one people more than another people. God cares about all people. And so God cares for the people in Nineveh, even if they are your enemies, Jonah. Even if you don't think I care about them, I still care about them. I still care about them. And so here in the book of Jonah, I think we have two major lessons. We have two major lessons. First, sinners. God has mercy for sinners. God has mercy for sinners. Uh, An important lesson, one that we all need to hear, right? And one that we do hear a lot. But I think secondly, and maybe, maybe this might be the most important point of the story, that the self-righteous should be humbled. That those who think they are better than others, those who, who are the older brother, in the story of the prodigal son, those who are Jonah, who think that these people deserve to be destroyed, right? Those people who find themselves in a place where they are better than others. They measure themselves against others and they say, I am better than you. I am more worthy of God's love than you. I am more lovable than you. I'm more righteous than you. That those people should be humbled, humbled by these words of God that I love all people. Should I not be concerned about all the people here? Should I not even be concerned about the animals? I am concerned about all people. And it's not based on how good you are. These people, they don't know their right hand from their left. They have no idea that they're even doing wrong. And I care for them. I care for them just like I care for you, right? You, wh- why do you care about this bush? You didn't do anything to make this bush grow. I made the bush grow. And you know what? I can take away the bush. I created these people. They are my people. I care about them. I know you think I shouldn't, but I do. I'm sorry that you're disappointed, but I'm not the one who's in the wrong here. Two incredibly important lessons. And when we read the book of Jonah, we can read it from the perspective, and we often read it from the perspective of, oh, sinners find mercy, right? But I think we have to take it one step further and say, oh, this, this, is, a, this is a warning to self-righteous people. This is a a lesson for self-righteous people. God is a God of all people. God loves all people. God will show grace who God wants to show grace to. God will show mercy who God wants to show mercy to. God will love who God wants to love. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to God. So uh, that is the book of Jonah. We will stop there and close with a word of prayer. Uh, Good and gracious God, we thank you for your grace and mercy that extends beyond our wildest imaginations. Uh, May we be grateful forever. Uh, because of your grace, because of your love. And may we share that love and grace with all, uh, just as you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, everyone, thanks for joining me for Jonah. We will start something new next week. Uh, I'm sorry, next week I am out of town. Uh, I have a uh, big um, board meeting, 
but I'll be back in two weeks. And in two weeks, we will start something new. So everyone take good care of yourselves and I will see you in a couple weeks.